Hey guys, you're listening to Caffeine Problems with me, Jacqueline Smith. Hey guys, happy Friday. We have a really excellent question this week and I can't wait to dive into it with you guys. Let me pull it up. I saw a short video of my boyfriend's ex, like 30 seconds or less. She was dancing in a bikini and laughing. Then the video ended and that was all I saw. I instantly felt jealous. Tons of thoughts ran through my head like, I wish I looked that good in a bikini. I wonder if my boyfriend saw that video, if he would message her or comment something on it. I wonder if my boyfriend loved her more than me because she's sexier. Thoughts like that ran through my head. Side note, my boyfriend and I have been together for five years. We've had a lot of ups and downs, but communication is key to both of us. We're actually in a good place right now, and I believe our relationship is healthy. Those thoughts I mentioned above led me to thinking, does my boyfriend really love me the way that he says that he does? Then I feel sad and insecure. I hate feeling that way and having those moments. I know these feelings have to do with me as an individual and my sense of self-worth. I want to change and grow. I want to do that inner self-healing. I'm willing to do the work. When I have triggers like that, I want to be able to not let it affect me or the way that I see or treat my partner. Can you talk about how to deal with these types of topics or anything related to it? Thank you. And then it asked if they wanted a shout out. And she says, call me crazy. I'm not going to call you crazy because you're human. Okay, so let's look at the lowest hanging fruit here and kind of work our way into the harder stuff. So the first thing that comes to mind after this question is why are you following her on social media? It's going to be a little bit of tough love here, but I want you to get the most out of this conversation. And it's just not in my nature to kind of beat around the bush with you guys. So Why are you following her on social media? Why is he following her on social media? When people break up, it is because something is broken. And while I know a lot of people say things or think things or behave in a way where it's like, well, we're still good. We ended on good terms. We're still friends. Mm. Usually that's a situation where something is hurtful to one or both parties, right? Feelings don't just dissipate for everybody. So... I just don't like having that even being a line that's open. That's me personally. That's something that I would express to a partner. If it's someone, if you're like in your 30s and it's someone that you dated when you're 15, like I still am social media friends with my first boyfriend that I had when I was 17. We are 35. (laughs) A wife and kids. I've got four kids of my own. Like that's, that's not a hazardous situation for either one of us. But if we're talking about, you know, my ex before my ex-husband, like probably not a good idea to follow them on social media, you know? So that's kind of thing number one. Why are y'all following each other on social media? If you're not, why did you look her up on social media? If it was one of those things where like she's friends with a mutual friend and they're on vacation and they were on the beach or whatever, like that's innocent enough. That's not you seeking out drama, but you looking up any of your exes, or excuse me, any of your boyfriend's exes, is inviting confirmation of an insecurity that you have, right? There's no chance, I'm telling you, there's no chance that any of us could look up any of our exes' exes and really truly be like, oh yeah, she's a dog. I don't know what that was about. We'll find something to be insecure about. I've done it a million bazillion times with men's that men that I have dated exes, men that have left me and eventually had other partners or immediately had other partners. 
I will check those. Well, I used to. I don't do that behavior now, especially in my 20s, right? Like all the hormones. But I check them out. And even if I still had every reason to be confident, which I should be, just independently of what any other woman looks like, I'd find something about them that was better than me. Like, we think this is about her in a bikini. It's not. Her hair could be longer and shinier. Her skin could be better. She could be more fun. She could be more wild and adventurous. She could be more girl next door. She could be more edgy. It doesn't really matter. You'll find something, right? Because just the act of seeking out what she looks like, you think you're just checking it out. What you're actually doing is trying to find confirmation that you are not good enough. Don't do that to yourself, okay? That's thing number one that came to my mind. Thing number two is if you are worried about him leaving comments or DMing her, I don't know if this is like completely unprecedented behavior that has never happened before and you just think that that's going to happen because maybe one of your friend's boyfriends did something crappy like that or whatever, but if you have a history with your partner of maybe even just something as you know innocent enough as different expectations of what fidelity means physically um, and emotionally um but being so specific about wondering if he's gonna leave a comment or if he's gonna dm her i could be totally wrong but to me that just says that there's been some issues with attention or behavior that made you uncomfortable before I don't know if that's like a you thing or that's him not being considerate because I don't know enough about the situation. But in five years of a relationship, it's really easy to accidentally hit those buttons a couple of times. So if it's a situation where there's been some behavior that left you feeling either abandoned or betrayed, whether it was something obvious and a really big deal like actual cheating or whether it was something smaller like talking to an ex that you didn't think was appropriate or something like that again our nervous system our bodies don't forget these things these tiny t traumas these insecurities these situations that happen that create an emotional response with us so if that's something that's been that has happened throughout or even just once throughout the course of your relationship that's something that's going to be hard to convince your nervous system isn't going to happen again but here's the thing And I tell this to everyone that I love that is in a relationship that they're having a lot of anxiety about. Sometimes you can have a lot of anxiety about a relationship because it's had a ton of ups and downs. Sometimes you can have a ton of anxiety in a relationship because it just matters so much, right? This is the best person you've ever dated. They just get you. They actually hold space for you. They actually listen to you. I mean, I talked about it in my last podcast episode, how terrifying it is to actually be vulnerable with someone who's paying fucking attention to you, right? So maybe you're in that situation and it brings up a lot of bad behavior, a lot of triggers for you. And sometimes when we feel that much anxiety, we always keep one foot out the door. We always have a backup plan. They can't love me the way that they say that they are. I'm going to have, you know, you have bad behavior over a trigger that's hit or you have bad behavior as a reaction to being in a situation that is so uncomfortable for you because it's healthy or a bad reaction for being in a situation that is so unhealthy for you that it is triggering. 
And without having more background on the on the relationship, I'm not sure which one of those this is for you, but you're going to know because they're vastly, vastly different things. There's a huge difference between I'm feeling so safe and so vulnerable and so exposed that I'm going to intentionally mess stuff up <laughs> because that's just, that's how all of us behave. We behave like bulls in china shops when we're trying to undo a lot of our, our triggers and we're, we're trying to heal ourselves and trying to figure out if a relationship truly is a safe space for us or not. We behave horribly. If that's a situation, that is utterly and completely different than a situation where there has been a history of bad behavior. You don't feel safe talking about your deepest, darkest secrets, goals, desires, fears, or you are sharing those things, but you know that it's falling on deaf ears, so you're not actually being vulnerable, right? You know the difference between this is too good, I'm going to fuck it up, and there's reason for me to be nervous here because bad things have happened before, right? The thing is, in either of those scenarios, you as a participant in an adult relationship, the only thing that you can do is show up with trust. Full stop. Right? Unless you see your boyfriend do the thing, leave the comment, contact her, text somebody that's inappropriate for him to text, unless you actually see the thing, you assume that nothing is going sideways. And people hate this advice (laughs) because we always want to make sure that we don't get hurt. But here's the thing. If you are not 100% in a relationship, you're already ensuring that you're going to get out of it. If you're holding back, If you're waiting for the other shoe to fall, if you're suspicious and sneaky, if you're seeking out drama, you are guaranteeing the end of that relationship. Whether you actually break up or not, right? The bliss, the joy, the fun, the mystery, the growth, the intimacy will be gone. So the best that you can do is show up every day trusting, believing, having faith, participating and contributing to the relationship until someone shows you that you should not be doing those things. Right? And I say that even if you have a history of things going sideways, right? You've obviously chosen to stay in the relationship if you're still together after five years. If you're not going forward in this relationship with a clean slate, which should be a mutually agreed upon clean slate otherwise this is never going to work you're just wasting your time until the spark the magic the love the growth the respect the intimacy the passion is dead and the solace that you get by coming into a relationship in nothing but trust and faith is that if it goes wrong it's not your fault Think about that for a second. If you are showing up with love and trust and communication as best as is humanly possible for you at this point that you're at in your journey, you will not be the reason that this thing blows up. You weren't suspicious. You weren't sneaky. You weren't stocky. You weren't bitter. You weren't passive aggressive. 
you showed up as a version of yourself that you want to be in a relationship. And if someone doesn't treasure that, you'll find that out a lot faster than the inverse. That's the thing people don't realize too. Or maybe they do, and it's just a way of kind of keeping things stagnant enough to stay together. But that's the best that you can do. Anything short of a clean slate of trust is just biding your time until the whole thing falls apart again. Because we don't forget, right? We don't forget transgressions. We don't forget shitty things that people say to us in the heat of a moment. But we can attempt to forgive, educate each other, communicate, and move forward, right? It's really, 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 really hard. But if you don't do it, you're just wasting your time, right? And if you're in a relationship where things are really, really good and you're just scared because they're really, really good and you're waiting for the other shoe to fall because it has always fallen in the past, but you show up sneaky and guarded and placating and people-pleasing and all of the other things, that's a problem with people-pleasing. Let's talk about that for a second. That is the issue with people-pleasing. We think that if we are ourselves with someone, if we are not being quote-unquote loving and quote-unquote considerate and making sure that there are very few of any obstacles in our beloved's path, when we have the bravery or the necessity to show our actual selves that has needs and quirks and desires, and then our partners can't handle that, we again confirm that we're not enough. When in reality, what's happening is our partner feels like they got bait and switched. Because now all of a sudden you've got needs that you never wanted before. And not everybody handles that very well. Even if they're fantastic people, that's a really weird kind of sideswipe to try and deal with, right? All, and not to say, you know, the fact that your person has needs should be surprising in any way, shape, or form. But something that you think is okay behavior for six weeks, six months, six years. And all of a sudden, your partner chooses to be honest with you that it's never been okay. That it completely bothers them. Makes you feel like you've been with someone who's a little bit of a stranger. Don't do that to your partner. Right? Trust, love, and openness. That's all you've got. To the best of your ability, none of us are going to knock this out of the park. We've all got years, if not decades upon decades, for some of us, of shitty models of what a relationship would be, shitty real-life experiences of what relationships should be, shitty survival patterns that put us seeking out the only examples of love that we know that are horrible and hurtful, right? That's not our fault, but we can do better. We totally can, okay? So now to get into the meat, meat, meat of it on what to do when you're triggered like this, okay? I talk about this in a lot of different contexts, but let's say you're scrolling through Instagram all innocently, not looking for any drama whatsoever, just trying to have a good day, scrolling the gram and the pretty, pretty pictures, and you stumble upon a friend of a friend who's hanging out with your boyfriend's ex on the beach, she's in a bikini, she's dancing, she's sexy, and then the video stops, and you have these thoughts. 
right? Curiosity is the antidote to negative thinking. We are never going to be able to cut out our negative thoughts. Let's just put that on the table right now. You're never going to be a completely positive thinker. You're never going to be able to affirmation your way out of sometimes having really shitty thoughts about yourself. But we can challenge these thoughts. And that's not to say fighting yourself over it. But if you have the thought, she's sexier than me. Is that true? Is it really true? Because there's one context where, yeah, maybe she is sexier than you. But you could probably find a whole pool of people that don't think that that's true at all. So the adverse is also true. So if two things are true at the same time, why are you beating yourself up over only one of the options? Right? It's the same kind of with comments online or critique on things that we're working on. It's completely biased to only accept criticism instead of also considering and welcoming in praise. You either have to ignore all of it or accept both of it. Both sides. So if you're going to entertain the thought that she's sexier than you, it also stands up to reason that she is not sexier than you to a lot of people, including your boyfriend. Because let's be very, very real. If he didn't want to be with you and wanted to be with her, he would be pursuing her. And yeah, he could be a really shitty human being and be with you and pursuing her at the same time, but you don't want that man if that's what he's going to be and how he's going to behave, right? That's not what a good man does. So, reality. If he wanted to be with her, he'd be pursuing her. But he's with you. And you are not a consolation prize. And you have to be the first person to realize that, right? And sometimes the best that we can do is kind of just middle of the road it, right? You don't have to be like, okay, you don't have to go down the rabbit hole of like, he's just with me because he can't be with her. I, you know, this it's just because we've been together so long. He doesn't know how to break up. All the different things that you can think of and excuses that you can, you know, throw out there as to why he's with you and not her that have nothing to do with how awesome you are. Or you can also entertain the inverse. We have a great connection. We've been through a lot together. I'm smart. I'm sexy. I'm funny. I've got fantastic hair. Like whatever the case may be, no one is with you out of pity. And if they are, or just like consolation prize type deal, you know what I mean? You don't want to be somebody's consolation prize. Odds are you're not with your boyfriend. But if you are, you already know that and you need to go. Okay? But my instincts tell me that you are not the consolation prize to your boyfriend. So we're going to keep chasing that rabbit hole and not the other one. Right? He picked you for a reason. And here's the other thing is you are the prize. I tell this to all of my girlfriends when they go out on dates, when they have problems with with men, when they're not sure if a dude really likes them, if they're not sure if the dude, if they're like right for the dude, if he's into somebody else, like da, 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 da. We can get so caught up 
in how the men that we're attracted to or women or whatever your sexual orientation is that we are attracted to think of us that we forget we are the motherfucking prizes us we don't have to be with anybody that we don't want to be that doesn't treat us properly and that doesn't see us as such and if you're ever with anybody who takes you for granted and doesn't see it message me immediately we'll talk you right out of that right life is too fucking short life is too short and we see it every day life is too short your time is too precious to marry the wrong person be in a 20 year relationship with the wrong person to have kids with the wrong person to combine all of your finances and assets with the wrong person to squish yourself into a teeny tiny box that makes other people comfortable for the wrong person when I promise you other people would just revel in you okay and I'm not saying this because I think you should end your relationship I'm saying this so that you remember that a you always have options and b you are the prize And you've got to convince yourself of that first. And the most powerful thing that you can do is take a pause and get curious about what is happening in your head. She looks better in a bikini than I do. Okay, why is that? Does she have really little boobs and you have great boobs, big boobs, butts, right? You are going to have assets. Not that you need to, you know, compare your body to her body, but there's so much more than how someone looks in a bikini, You know, that is so monumentally important. So take the pause, get curious about these statements and understand that if you are going to accept the negative is true, you also scientifically, morally and ethically need to also consider that the inverse positive could also be true. Otherwise, You're just inviting drama to confirm that you're not enough. The shittiest thing that somebody can say about you is not innately the truest thing. And we know this cerebrally, but our nervous system doesn't. It wants to keep us safe. So it holds on to the extremes so that we don't have to experience that again. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not weak. You're not crazy. You have a body that very efficiently is trying to prevent you from feeling pain. It's just a little confused. And maybe the solution is having a few more conversations with your boyfriend about his behavior. You can't talk to your boyfriend about how he needs to make you feel, right? If we have something like um, a mismatch of love languages, my love language is words of affirmation. The top love language of people who struggle with self-esteem, right? Maybe it's yours too. Mine are um, words of affirmation and then physical touches beneath that. But if I'm with someone whose love language is gift giving, we're probably going to have to have a lot of talks. And that's not because they're loving me wrong. It's just we're speaking different languages, literally.
And if that's something that's contributing to some tension in your relationship, that's easy. That's a couple of conversations. As long as the other person is willing to hear you. And work on it. You know, it sounds like you're very, very willing to work on it. And I really hope that your partner is willing to kind of meet you in the middle on some things too. Okay? So in review... (laughs) Take the beat. You're not going to stop the negative thoughts. You're just trying to eventually, through practice, tone down the volume. Okay? Is this true? Could the inverse be true? Could something similar be true? Right? Like, yeah, she looks amazing in a bikini, but I look amazing in a bikini too for completely different reasons. You know? Oh yeah, he really loved her. They were really committed to each other for the time that we spent together. That's beautiful. And I'm sure he learned a lot of things. And that that was a growth and education experience for him. And I'm glad that he's able to bring all of that and more to our relationship. You have to create new stories around these experiences. Otherwise, you're going to have the same conversation. And by conversation, I mean you beating yourself up in your head again and again and again and again. And if he's actually choosing behaviors that would, you know, annoy any woman, quote unquote, even though that's terrible stereotyping, then that's going to require a conversation on maybe what he's willing or needs to or should or wants to do differently. But... If you really think that you're just pulling, you know, ideas out of the air because there's no precedence for these feelings, then these pauses and these questions are the best way to to kind of heal from what I'm going to guess is a previous experience. You're not thinking these things for nothing, right? Somewhere, somehow along the line, it was very much affirmed to you that you were not enough, whether it was romantically or growing up or what, but that is wrong. It is incorrect. But if you have accidentally gotten yourself in a situation that is confirming that you are not enough, we need to either redirect the boat or get off. Nassin Kip has this little thing that he says where it's like, um, oh, I mentioned it in the last podcast. You know, people like to say their picker's broken. Your picker's not broken. It's picking exactly the thing that you want and you know. I can tell you, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, that every romantic relationship that I have ever chosen has been a variation of my relationship with my mother. Because she was the dominant parent growing up. And I'm not intentionally seeking out that type of connection or tension or whatever with someone but it's what my body and my brain know so I keep ending up there and the work is to get those voices turned down enough so that I can see experience and hear someone different or so that I don't turn a beautiful solid relationship into that dynamic by default Because we do that too, to good people sometimes. 
So this was really long-winded, and I hope that it was even a tiny bit helpful. But there's a lot of different things at play here. Some of it could be your your boyfriend's behavior. Some of it could be just accidental little habits like following the ex. Don't do that. Um, don't follow social media accounts that make you feel like shit. Don't follow girls from high school that were mean to you. Don't invite confirmation even on a subliminal level that you are not enough don't do it especially while we're trying to heal these thoughts and patterns right and then the other half of this equation is what's going on with you how can we slow down our thought process you can go from oh she looks really pretty to i am a nasty bridge troll that should probably go jump in the creek in less than five seconds we all do it slow down the process don't let yourself get there so fast. And if you do get there, make sure that you went there kicking and screaming mentally. Ask yourself all of the questions. Be incredibly curious. Think about how you would want your best friend to handle her negative thoughts, right? You wouldn't expect her to be able to just like, la di da these aren't happening. <laughs> You'd want her to treat herself with grace and kindness and create a new story that helps set her free a little bit more. So that's the best that I've got on that. And also, I just want to reassure you again how human this is. How incredibly, delightfully, beautifully, femininely, (laughs) real and common and human this is. So don't beat yourself up for having these thoughts you have been geniusly conditioned to do this to yourself okay your nervous system and your brain are doing exactly what they have been trained to do a long time ago to keep you safe the problem is is the system has updated the world has updated you were grown so we just gotta help the system update okay i hope that that was helpful if I'm completely off base on everything, on anything, everything, anything, all the things, none of the things, feel free to message me back again or fill out the form again with more information. And we can dig into this even deeper if that would make you happy. Um, but most of these things are usually a combination. It's usually not just quite so simple as, I'm messing this up, I'm, 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 you know, creating triggers for myself and being crazy. We don't choose behaviors for no reason. So be kind to yourself in that, okay? So that's the show today, guys. If you want to have your question answered on the show, please check out the Google form at the the podcast's IG, which is at Caffeine Problems, or you can DM me. Or usually about once a week moving forward, I'm going to throw up a question in the IG stories at Jackie's Caffeine Problem. Because that's my, I don't know, semi-personal? I don't know, all the things. IG. Or you can email me or reach out however you want. You can find me anywhere and submit your question. If you want to do it anonymously, the Google form is the only way to do that. Additionally, if this was helpful or ridiculous and just entertaining for you please like subscribe and review the podcast um apple itunes reviews are the most 
kind of bang for our buck as far as your efforts in writing a review, but I'll take any of the reviews in any of the places. And if you found this episode to be something that could be helpful to someone you know and love, if you would share it with them, I would be eternally grateful. Make sure you tag me in it so I can see it and smile and have my date made. (laughs) So until next time, I see you. I love you. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon.